All right, welcome everybody. Again, my name is Lenore Thieva. I'm with Max Brown. This is called Let's Chat About It. Uh, before we meet our first guest, really need to find out from you, Max, if you've done any Christmas shopping yet. What's uh, going on? Technically, um, some, my my wife informed me earlier. Uh, we 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 were talking with my so my my wife's sister and her her husband are coming into town for Christmas, and we were like. I don't know. I'm at that age where I'm not really feeling gift giving and it's for the, like I got four kids. We just get stuff for the kids, adults. I'm, I'm getting too old for this. And I'm like, I don't really know what to get my brother-in-law. Um, and my wife has told me repeatedly that this is an area that I need to grow in is gift giving. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, and that's for everybody. We've gotten a couple things, but they're kind of like the pre Christmas thing. So we do, We've done advent calendars with chocolate in the past, That's right. um, but those get eaten in three days. So yeah. we're not doing that. So we've, I got to make sure the kids can't hear me. Um, <laughs> we got them, we got them Lego advent calendars so they can make yeah. like little Lego minifigures um, for every Christmas. Day get, every day. You yeah. Get I think it's, I think every day it's like a new minifigure and it kind of builds oh. onto each other and we get different oh. sets. So like our youngest is who's four. She's getting like a Christmassy themed one. Uh, and then our twin boys, one's getting Star Wars, the other one's getting Marvel. And then the other one is, uh, our oldest is going to get Harry Potter and she's, she's really into Harry Potter. So it, it worked out pretty well. And then we, we do Christmas jammies, but we do Christmas jammies on Thanksgiving so that they can actually enjoy them. It used to be Christmas Eve, but it was like, why? Yeah. It's, it's just what, well, yeah. Like enjoy them. It's Christmas. You don't want them in February. You know, right. you want them in, in December. Oh, so no. yeah, that's jammies all year long. Well, I know, but yeah, and that's, and I'm not a jammies guy. Like I don't, and so my wife and I were like, no, nah, I don't think we're doing that this year. So, but we got a lot of, we got a lot of catch up to do. We got a lot more work to do. How about, how about you? How, how's Christmas shopping going over in the, no, the Sneva household? Would you at least have a plan? You, because you at least yeah. have a plan. Really, okay. So I'm not like big on like going to the mall. Um, I'd rather just go Agreed. online and buy something or make something. So I think this year mm. I'm going to make candles. Um, oh. Have you done that before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty easy. So okay. I'm going to make candles. And then when you make candles, you realize you could also make chapstick because there's some similar <laughs> ingredients. Um, so you're making so, gift baskets. I think so. I think okay. that's the plan. Yeah. So surprise, surprise for anyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what this candle-shaped gift is. I wonder what's going on. And then also, uh, <laughs> for people that live local, I'm going to make, I don't know, I've been perfecting my pickle recipe, and so I think I'm going to jar some pickles up for people, because it's pretty good. <laughs> nothing, says, nothing says Christmas like a jar of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I actually is even though I, I kind of poke fun at you at that. I'm like, you want to you want to ship over some pickles for me? That sounds yeah, that no, sounds really pretty good. good. And I make, I've been doing some spicy ones too, and I'll put a little, a little in there and some garlic, of course, and some yeah, yeah, crushed peppers and I don't know. There's different stuff you can do. Yeah, to make it just taste delicious. And I do the like, quick stuff. I'm, I'm not like boiling. Canning. Oh, I okay. Do, I do the quick method, so they you got to eat okay. them within like a week or so, but um. Okay. Anyway, it's pretty. Fun. Yeah, that's. I. I. I think I'm. I'm. I think I know I'm becoming older, not just because I'm losing my hair, but because the idea of pickling things sounds good. 
Like it sounds yeah. like something I want to get into. <laughs> I, I missed COVID. Apparently, I missed it during COVID. Now I got to do it. No. I got to do it now. So like I was, I haven't done it yet, but like you can, you know, of course, pickle like onions and there's like oh everything. You can pickle, you can pickle anything. You know, oh, yeah. like it's kind of fun. And yeah. Well, that was. Yeah. Like the guy I share with you on YouTube, uh, uh, for those that don't know Lenora very well yet, um, <laughs> she's a bit of a foodie, um, by which I shall, oh, come oh, on. Red hair, that guy. Oh yeah. But Ethan, yeah. He, oh, one of his yeah. big things okay. is he, he's, he always has like quick pickled red onions so that he can just yeah, throw them in there. Yeah, exactly. I tried them once, but I didn't use, I don't think I, I used apple cider vinegar cause that's all I had. Oh no, that would It was such a bad, oh, oh gosh. Don't, horrible. yeah, don't, don't think you can, like, there's sometimes you can substitute things. You can't do that. That was just, yeah, that don't, one don't, do no, I'm, no. You can sort of baking powder, you can do that one pretty easy, but not. Yeah, but not, not apple cider vinegar or white, white wine vinegar. That was a, we've, I've, oh, I've yeah, made better decisions. Exactly. Or white, just white vinegar, right? It's not wine. It's red wine vinegar. God, I, right. I need to go back to the kitchen and learn how to, <laughs> learn how to use ingredients. Oh. Well, no, I'm super excited today because we've got one of your friends coming on, uh, Della Chen, who I've I've not met yet, um, but you have you have been hyping her up quite a bit. Uh, she just she's got a, a a new film. This is her first first film coming out, or already has already come out. And you've uh, yeah. you've been traveling up and down I five to go see it wherever you can. So yeah, I'm. I'm super excited to have her on. Is there anything else, like, how did you, how did the two of you meet? Oh, yeah. So Del and I met when I was in college at UW and, and she was working and we had a mutual friend that one was a mutual friend, Michelle, I think. And I think they worked together at the mall at Northgate Mall. And so okay. we were all kind of began hanging out together. And that's, I mean, that was like a long, cause I'm old. So that was like 30 years before something ridiculous. <laughs> was that was that before I was born? Why <laughs> run? Yeah, that's great. And I'm just I'm excited for you all to meet her. And she's doing really good work. And um, I've seen the movie twice now, and bawled my eyes out both times. It's so um, it's just such an important piece of history that has never been told before. Yeah. And so um, so anyway, so I, I think at the end of the um, the clip. When we talk to Della, we'll, we'll share some information on how you can all watch it. But um, awesome. super excited for you to meet her. Awesome. I'm super excited to, to, to get to know her and hear her story and a little bit more about this film. So let's go ahead and, and dive right on into it. All right. Welcome, everybody. And I want to say a warm welcome to our guest today, Della Chen. I'm going to give a little bit of background about her. Della is a documentary photographer and native Seattleite. She's been telling visual stories for weddings families, commercial, and editorial assignments for the last 19 years. She's been involved in multimedia projects about homeless advocacy and aging out of the child, the foster care system, excuse me. Since 2018, Della has been a teaching artist for Pop Love Shutterbugs, a nonprofit organization that teaches the art of photography to kids living with cancer. She also serves on the board of directors for Youth in Focus, a free after-school program in Seattle amplifying teen voices through photography and arts education. She recently released her first documentary film project, She Marches in Chinatown, and it will definitely not be her last. Della, thank you for joining us on our very first episode of Let's Chat About It. So welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. All I'm right, Della, here. here's the big question. 
when did you first know you were different? So when you asked me to join, um, there was a moment that immediately came to mind. Mm. Um, and I haven't really shared this story in a long time. So um, I'm glad you asked. So um, I'm a child of the 70s. Um, and I'm going to say I was probably four or five. It was Halloween. And um, for those of you who remember what Halloween costumes were like, they came in a box. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, you could see what the mask looked like through the clear top. And it was usually like this plastic mask that had just cut open eyes and then like holes for your nostrils. And then like this really lame rubber band that would always break off on the back that would kind of keep it on your head. Right. So it was this plastic mask and this really thin plastic kind of piece of cloth that went over your clothes. And that was like your Halloween costume. Right. So I think I was like probably four or five and I chose Cinderella. And um, of course my mom always made me wear a jacket over my costume. So it just didn't make any sense. So I had on this Cinderella mask and then my coat. So you couldn't really see what my body was. And I remember right before I was going to go outside, I went to the bathroom and I glanced at myself in the mirror and Cinderella had this bright yellow hair that was just like a molded, like, you know, Bob style. And then there was my hair that you could see in the back, which was black. Mm. And I remember thinking, that looks really weird. Like I didn't ever think that I just assumed that I was going to look like Cinderella with this mask, but then my black hair was showing behind the yellow. And I remember thinking um, that that was strange and it looked weird (laughs) and that I wasn't really Cinderella at that point because also I had my coat on. So I had this very strange mask that didn't really fit. I guess I wouldn't really think about what it was going to do to me, but um, there was black hair behind the, the yellow blonde and a coat covering the costume. And I thought that that looked really weird. And I felt really weird. Like mm-hmm. going out, I felt like I'm not Cinderella. <laughs> well, what's, I, I mean, I'm intrigued, Della. What, what made you, I mean, obviously I've got, I've got young kids. One of them's four right now. And, but what, what made you think Cinderella what was, why was that the choice for costume that year? What made you want to be Cinderella for Halloween? I think that's just what the choices were, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think they were just basic. You didn't have animated. Pinterest in 19, in the seventies. Right. Yeah. I mean, you probably had like 10 choices and they were all white yeah. characters mm. um, with blonde, yellow hair. They weren't meant for anybody that looked any different than your, you know, stereotypical American character. So I think the choices were very um, slim and that's just what we had to go with. I think all of my friends and neighbors also were choosing Cinderella. And I guess for them having their blonde hair yeah. behind the yellow, just kind of camouflage. It didn't really seem like it was that different because it was kind of the same color scheme. Right. Mm. So they didn't really look that different. Um, but I remember like thinking the black and the yellow, just, it wasn't right. It didn't match. Mm. <laughs> so Bella, um did anyone say anything to you? Like when you were trick-or-treating, did someone say, oh, why are you looking or? I don't know. I think I was probably already self-conscious about it. So if they did, or if, if there were any comments made, I was probably already like, 
thinking about it. I mean, I already knew that I was different than the rest of like, you know, my, my neighborhood kids, because, you know, my family spoke a different language at home. Yeah. And um, I just already knew that, like, I didn't have to think about that. Oh, I'm Asian and I'm not the mm. same. But I remember the yellow yeah. and the blonde was like something that I really thought about at the moment at like four or five, you know? Right. Yeah. If you, if you could go back today to four or five year old Della and you, and you didn't just have 10 options, yeah. what would you be for? What would you be for Halloween? Gosh, I don't know. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess, you know, also like I also have kids and I kind of let them dictate what they want to be. I think back then we were just kind of forced into, yeah. you know, whatever was happening is what it was, whatever was available yeah. at the store is what you were. So I didn't, I don't know if I, you know, I didn't really think about it and my parents weren't necessarily very creative or encouraging me to like look outside the box yeah. and be right. whatever I wanted to be. I don't know. That's a good question. We didn't have well, a lot of options either. I remember I was a, yeah. uh, like, I don't know. It was like first grade. I was a tomato. Oh. My mom made a <laughs> outfit. Like, you thought of that idea? I don't know. Because I did like tomatoes, but I was a tomato. Yeah. I had a hat that was the stem. That's and I adorable. was very big because she stuffed me. <laughs> I feel oh, like bef like before you turn eight, you're required to be some form of food for Halloween at least once. Because I remember, I remember being a hot dog. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that's that. That's the choice. That definitely, you. yeah. You know what? If I had to go back, I would have been a hot dog. That's my answer. <laughs> you're sticking to it. Yeah. Oh well, you know, I I um I wondered, Della. You know, part of um we, we mentioned in your biography, you just released this film, uh, she marches in Chinatown, which is, I'll, I'll, I want to, if you wouldn't mind taking just a quick moment, I've got a question about it, but in relation to this story, but can you just kind of give a quick synopsis to our listeners about, uh, about the, your film? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it is a short documentary film about the Seattle Chinese community girls drill team. It is the only drill team like it in the entire world because it's a made up idea. Um, and it's been around in Seattle for over 70 years. So it's been empowering Asian American women just in Seattle for over 70 years. Um, and it's a really cool story. It's not just about the drill team. It's about belonging and identity and what Chinatown means to not only Seattle, but um, other communities. Chinatown yeah. is such a uh, vulnerable subject right now. There are a lot of Chinatowns in the U.S. are um you know being forced to move or disappear mm -hmm. so um yeah that's what my movie's about I, I appreciate that and i'm i'm curious because when i think about i mean it's halloween isn't that long ago for us at least as in the recording of this so it's it's kind of a timely it's a timely story and i i think about what my you know how my kids i've got a 10 year old i've got twin eight year olds and a, a four year old and who they have decided that they would like to be for halloween and there's kind of this admiration you know who do you admire who do you look up to what do you enjoy that that you just how you decide who you're going to be for halloween and i think about you know you have a limited number when you're in the 70s of who you could be as you make those selections 
And then also hear this, you know, this beautiful story that you've now told through your documentary film of these, uh, of this, this, these women, these young women and, and older women who are kind of leading this effort of kind of, you know, a, um, women who you could admire and look up to mm-hmm. and almost represent through Halloween. But I'm wondering, was that a story that you were aware of as you were growing up that were you a part of that, that this, this group or what, what was your relationship to them as you were growing up? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm born and raised in Seattle and I've known about the drill team my whole life. I was a fan. Um, and in the, when I was a teen, I actually really wanted to be part of it. Um, but just didn't get a chance. Um, mm. my daughter is 16. Well, she's 17 now, but she has been on the drill team for the last six years. Wow. Um, and I think most people in Seattle who have seen the drill team, um, uh, just assume that it's this traditional Chinese yeah. activity. Mm. Um, so like when people would ask me what Georgia was doing and I'd say she was on the drill team and then, um, I'd have to try to explain what it was. I didn't really have an answer cause I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I started asking questions. I mean, during the pandemic, um, you know, the numbers were dropping and I was trying to, as a parent, step in and find a way to help them. Um, so I'm asking all these questions and learning that, you know, it's this made up idea it doesn't mm. exist anywhere else. And I'm thinking the story needs to be told. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's personal, but I, you know, never was a part of the Joel team. I never okay. knew Ruby or Cheryl Chow personally, who um, were the women who ran the drill team. So I kind of came into this as an outsider, um, not knowing um, very much, which I think was probably a good thing because it's mm. um, the experience is very, emotional for the members. Um, they have very strong, um, relationships and friendships and the sisterhood. Um, and I was able to look at all of the interviews, um, in an objective way, but really yeah. come away with what it meant for all of them. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. I remember the last I've seen the movie, I think twice now. Yeah. And, um, I just remember there's a couple things that stood out. One of them that, that there isn't very many of the original um, women left. Isn't there maybe four or three people left? I think there's about six, oh, yeah, six. from okay. the from the 1952 team. So which they're like is, it's wow. well into their yeah, like almost 90s by now, yeah. which is wow. crazy. And then the other thing that I remember, I guess there's two more. <laughs> um, that like you said, like the because of you know during COVID it really slowed down, and they were already having you know probably some enrollment difficulties and then COVID happened. And then, and then because sports are so big right now, there's so many other activities that people can do. Enrollments dropped even more. And so, um, and I know I just wanted you, maybe if you could speak about that. Um, And then the other point I wanted to make was just how interesting, I think if I remember correctly, um, I don't know if it's half of the girls that are in drill team right now are from adopted families. So their parents are probably white um, and their parents are like, you need to be with girls that look like you. Right. Exactly. So, you know, so can you speak to those two things? Yeah. Uh, So one of the reasons why I was not able to be a part of drill team was because I lived in North Seattle Mm -hmm. and most of the girls that were part of the drill team um, starting from, you know, the 1952 and now are they're multi-generational they all lived in the same neighborhood of south seattle beacon hill they all went to the same school they were you know in the same community they went to the same church they were related somehow so 
there wasn't really a need for like outside recruitment because it was mm. known, right? Started. If you went to this, if you were part of um, the Chinese drill team, you recruited everyone you knew. Um, and I just lived kind of outside the area. I yeah. didn't have a relative that went in, but I know that if I did, I would have been involved, right? Um, and now because there are so many options for girls, it is, and gentrification, girls have moved out of the area. They are now living in different cities on the east side, north end. It's harder to reach um, these girls. Um, and yeah, one of the surprising things that I discovered when making this documentary is that over 50% of the girls that are enrolled are transracially adopted. Um, and I think that their parents are looking for um, like a connection for them to for them to have with their biological heritage, even though this is not a traditional Chinese activity. Mm. Um, they get to be with girls who look like them, you know, on a regular basis and they get to hang out and get to know one another. So there is the reasons for starting the drill team have changed a little bit, but the, but the mission is still there, which is just to have this community of um, people, girls who look like them and who are experiencing similar things, whether you are adopted or you are multi-generational. Um, so let's see, did I answer the, did I answer your question? So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you think because of the, because of so much, um, publicity that your, your film has received over the last couple of months, do you think that enrollment has gone up or do we well, know? We hope, yeah. So okay. the next, the next, um, time to enroll will be in April. Okay. Um, the drill team now has a website. They hadn't had a website for 15 years. So. We're making all these very small steps yeah. Yeah, so that they can be prepared um, because we don't want this program to go away. Oh. Yeah. Um, and it was, I think, at a very critical stage with COVID and um, with just so many things that you would notice in the film that it could. So I'm hoping um, that is my goal is that, um, you know, enrollment increases and that it stays. Yeah. Awesome. So you you kind of alluded to the to our next question, Della. But um, what does life look like for you today? Uh, from from growing up in Seattle to where you are now, what what does life look like for you today? Uh, well, I have two grown children. Uh, my son is a senior at UW. He's twenty one. Congratulations! My, thank you. And my daughter is uh, seventeen. She's a junior at Ballard High Great. School. So. Um, you know, family is obviously the most important part of who I am. Um, photography is still, um, has been my career for the last 20 years. Um, and it's how I make a living. So I hope to continue doing that. Um, I really enjoy teaching. Um, the physical part of photography is, mm. is very difficult, especially when you are getting older. <laughs> so I hope that, you know, I can kind of transition into teaching more um, and doing more documentary films. Yeah. Um, I like the visual storytelling. I like being in a creative environment. Um, I will probably never go back to the corporate world ever again. Um, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel really lucky that I get to do this um i think the film is in a really good spot right now we're hoping to um get educational distribution going for next year we want the school to be part of washington state history um because it's been 
you know, 70 years of women empowerment for Asian American women. Yeah. It's amazing. And so just to follow up on that recently, you were featured in the Seattle international, the film was featured in the Seattle international film festival. Other, are there other spaces or places that, uh, our, our listeners could, uh, could enjoy this film? Yeah, so we are currently um, doing the rounds in the film festival circuit, probably for the next six to nine months. We have awesome. we are currently in, been accepted into sixteen film festivals, which is wow. pretty amazing. Wow. And we're moving internationally. We're going to have uh, we were in Vancouver two weeks ago, and we're going to have an in person screening in Sydney, Australia, wow. and also in China in the next two weeks. Are you so, going to Australia, Ella? You know, I'm not. I thought about it for about five. <laughs> Why else minutes. did you make this movie except to travel <laughs> internationally? Come on, <laughs> it's 27 hours to fly to Sydney, Ooh. and that already was enough to me for me to be like, yeah, I can't do it. Okay. Um, there are other places uh, that I would love to go to, um, but I think it's just too soon and um, we don't really have the okay. budget for it either. <laughs> okay. Inter independent films. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So people will be, oh, and then we're, we're hoping to do some more free community screenings, um, maybe around Lunar New Year in February. Right. Um, and then also again in May for AAPI month. Um, Great. so, you know, we don't have a distribution plan set yet. We're probably going to, um, roll some dates out in 2024. Um, but it's been really exciting to be in a theater in person with people who are from Seattle and not from Seattle, just to kind of get their reactions yeah. on, um, what the film means to them. And, um, the feedback has been incredible. It's been really amazing. Awesome. All right. I think I might have a good final question, Max. Um, go for it. Della, if you could go back, and I know Max had you go back. I'm going to have you go back one more time to that five-year-old who was like, you know, in the bathroom <laughs> going, oh, how did I fix this Cinderella outfit? Um, what would you say to her? Or what would you do differently? Would you do anything differently or would you do the same? And would you say anything to your five-year-old self? Um... I think I was talking to myself thinking, yeah. you know, this is weird. I look <laughs> weird. Yeah. You know, I think I was already talking myself, trying to encourage myself just to like be okay with it. Yeah. Good for you. Um, but like, if I were to see my daughter wear it and have, and, and if she were to have some type of reaction, it's mm -hmm. just right. kind of like, you know, it's, it's a costume. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like I didn't, I don't think I was able to like go to a parent or somebody else and be like, why does this look so weird? Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. have like, I didn't have the, I, I didn't have the, the tools to do that yeah. four right. or five. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I would probably, you know, like if I were to say something to like another younger person in my right. life or my daughter, it would be like, you know what, this is a costume and you're, you're, and you're supposed to look different. Right. Right. You're not, you're not supposed to look like the person in in yeah, the costume exactly um so yeah <laughs> well Della we really appreciate you coming on and uh, participating in our, our first episode of let's chat about it I do want to give a, another quick plug if there's anybody interested in learning more about uh, she marches in China I believe the website and if I'm, I'm wrong correct me but it's chenaniganfilms.com so c-h-e-n-a-n-i-g anfilms.com and if you're yeah if you're if you you're a local to some place that has not seen this film get in contact with a 
know, your, your local film society, try and get a, a, a showing where you are so you can enjoy this, this fantastic short film. And uh, Della, appreciate you again for coming on and being a part of today's conversation. Oh, it was so fun. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Della. I'll see you later. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right. So we just wanted to thank Della Chen again for coming on our show and being our first guest. So it could have gone good, could have gone bad. And she took the risk of joining us in our conversation today. We'd love to have you back next week on the next episode of Let's Chat About It. Thanks, everybody.